0: Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Donna Levinson, Assistant Dean of Admissions at MIT Sloan School of Management. Donna is not only a relauncher, but the ultimate career transitioner, having made partner at Accenture during her 18-year career there, and then taking a five-year career break before launching into academia. We will hear about her road back and how it did not start with the senior role that she has today. Hi,
1: Donna. Welcome
0: to 321i Relaunch.
1: Hi, Carol. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm so thrilled to have you. We have known each other for over ten years now, since about two two thousand and eight, so right around ten years, and it's been a long time, and we have really been in touch since the since pretty close to the beginning of your relaunch. So can you take us through what happened in the early years of your career and your decision to take a career break, and then what happened
1: during the career break? Sure. Um, okay, so I will begin. With, as you mentioned, I spent 18 years with a firm that is now known as Accenture. I, I joined right after graduate school, and I actually joined what was known at the time as the consulting division of Arthur Anderson that then became Anderson Consulting that then became Accenture. I worked primarily in gas and electric utilities, not something that I ever thought about beforehand, um, but was certainly, you know, part of what I think made my career, Um, as successful as it was. And the reason why I say that is because um, I think it's important to note and something I believe in is that timing is everything. And so for me, for the majority of my career, timing was really on my side. I was with the firm during its growth. It was the growth of the personal computer. I remember vividly that on my very first project, there were two personal computers and they were used pretty much for time tracking. And by the time by the time it got towards the end everybody had a laptop on their desks and so that whole evolution was was part of um, uh, aligned with my career trajectory and in addition it was the growth um, within the utility industry as well um, and to be totally honest what happened was I loved 17 and a half years of my work and when I stopped loving it I knew it was time to do something else um, and I know I, I know I can't get away with without telling you a little bit about what I stopped loving about it. Um, And and, and again, I think that goes with timing. So this was in the early 2000s. Utilities had gone through an awful lot of transition in terms of preparing for, at the time, deregulation, which was a new concept. We had just gone through Y2K. So for those technology folks out there, you'll remember when we were going from the year 1999 to 2000 most computer systems couldn't handle that i
0: totally remember this but you have to be old enough to remember this happening yes
1: so ahead. you and you and i both are yeah i remember it vividly <laughs> and so a, a lot of what was happening in the early 2000s was what we would call fee fatigue and so the work that i really really enjoyed for many many years had sort of gone through full cycle and we were now looking to generate new work. And it was what I was being asked to do was just something I, I, quite frankly, I wasn't comfortable doing. Um, I learned a lot about myself during that time period. And I realized that at a certain point in time, it was time for me to move on and do something different. So after 18 years, I decided that it was time to take a break. Now I I, 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 I believe this. I always felt that when it was time for me to do something different, my second chapter, it would be in an academic setting. I just love being on a college campus. I, I love everything that I think it stands for, which is the future and endless possibilities and hope and new beginnings. Um, even when I was with Accenture, I got very involved in recruiting. And so I knew like, when I left that eventually, and I say eventually because, as you pointed out, there was a five-year break there, I would want to do something in an academic setting. So after 18 years, I made a conscious decision not to look for a job right away. I had been living, so I grew up, I'm true blue Bostonian, um, and I had actually, because of my work, been slowly moving down the East Coast, and so I had been away from my family for the, the majority of the time, and just wanted to sort of regain some balance in my life. I, I, I used to tell people I would, you know, I'd love to have dinner on a Wednesday night with one of my sisters um, because the only time I ever really saw my family was on a weekend. And, and I promise you, I am not complaining at all. I am simply sort of stating what my life was like during those 18 years, and I was looking for something different. So I clearly did not immediately start looking for a new job. Um, I'm not sure I ever thought it would take five years, but it wasn't something I was looking for right away. I probably, if I think about it, thought it might be three years. Um, and I'm going to, let's say three for the sake of this discussion. And when it was, and during that time, I did a lot of sort of like getting my life back in order. I, I exercised, I visited with friends, family, there were some things that happened in my family and I was able to be there. And so for three years, I felt like I was getting I was pretty busy. And then I decided that it, all right, I'm ready to start looking for a job. And what I realized was I had no idea what to do. I had no idea. And so I thought back on I really do want to work in an academic environment. I had moved back to the Boston area by then, and I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great to go back and work at MIT, which is my alma mater. My my vision was that I would get a job at MIT I would utilize a lot of the skills that I had developed at Accenture around program and project management and I you know there's lots of I assume there were a lot of administrative positions at a university and so I would do something like that and become a more active alum at MIT and wow wouldn't that be so simple uh-huh until I then sat down at my computer and was like huh I you know you can go on any university's website and see that there's a jobs usually a jobs button right up front um, And so it was easy enough to see what jobs were out there. But as an outsider, you have no idea in terms of what the different positions mean, what the scope of the work really is all about. And so absent any information, I just started, I'll say feverishly, applying to any and every job. And I I, I narrowed my focus a little bit. So MIT has five schools, and I focused on the Sloan School, where um, I spent the majority of my time when I was on campus, and so I have to be honest, I applied for virtually every job that came up at Sloan, thinking, thinking <laughs> that what I just needed to do really was to get in the door. Um, I sort of had learned that from my consulting days. that thought, you know, the hardest thing to do was to sort of get inside the door, and then once you start walking the halls, so you can get a better understanding and see where the opportunities are. Um, so I applied for many, many jobs. More often than not, only ever receiving that little automatic reply that says, thank you for your interest in MIT, MIT Sloan, and we've received your resume, we'll be in touch.
0: Right. And it, just to clarify, you, were, you went to MIT undergraduate and Sloan, both? Correct. Correct. Got it. So you're, it's a, you're a double degree there, and, and you've been applying to these jobs, and you're getting
1: basically no response. Correct. Uh, In addition, I am also staying connected with um, the Accenture alumni network, which at that time had really started to develop as well. And now they have an incredibly structured and well-organized alumni group and they do a lot of events and have recognized you know, for a while now, the value of really staying connected with alums. So I pretty much stayed connected there as well as I would get up every morning, have my coffee, sit at my desk, look for all the new job postings, primarily at MIT and more focused on Sloan and apply for all these jobs. Fast forward to February of 2007. Now, to be fair, I did not do this every single day. Um, However, as I started getting to the five-year mark, I did start to get a little nervous that – what I viewed as having developed some really valuable skills would no longer be valued if the, if I had been out of the workforce for that long. Right. Oh, you know what I, one other thing that I did do in that interim time period was I actually reconnected um, with a summer camp that I went to and I actually did some volunteer work in their offices for two or three years. I don't exactly know what the time period was then. Um, But I volunteered there. I reconnected with people there. I, Brushed up on, you know, some, I, or I stayed current on some of my Word and Excel skills. So I did that during that time period as well. But let's fast forward to the um, spring of 2007. Two significant things happened. The, the first was I got a phone call, and I got a phone call from somebody in admissions at MIT Sloan who said, Donna, you've applied for. We've noticed you've been applying for jobs. You applied for this job, that job. We're not really sure. What I found out was one of the jobs I had applied for um, was to print. so applications were being submitted at that time online, but then somebody had to print them because the readers actually read hard copy. And I had applied for a job that would be printing applications. Okay. <laughs> and so what they said to me was, you know, you applied for this job. I'm not really sure you're the right fit. However, we do have an opportunity for you where we have a group of contract readers reading MBA applications for us basically every you know spring and every fall it aligns with our application deadlines would you be interested well you can imagine how excited i was i said of course, of course i'm interested and so i started that in like february march of 2007 we nice can we
0: just step back for a minute? When you went through that, so at the three-year point, you started applying, and then it was starting to be five years. Did you get discouraged during that time? Like, what what was you, how did you emotionally react to this long period of time where you were applying and applying and trying to get in the door, and you weren't, and were you only, at, you were still only applying to MIT because you wanted to work there so much, or were you applying to other
1: universities too? So I never, ever applied to another university, ever. Um, what I did do though, was re-explore some, uh, like contracting opportunities with Accenture that would get pretty far down a path and then for some reason wouldn't work out. And so that also took up some time. Thank you. All right. So, sorry,
0: go ahead. So you got, so you were doing this periodic, um, contract, uh, admissions office, uh, application reading.
1: Right. So I started, so I started this this was for the second round. Now I know so much more about it than I did then, but so it was for, I started for their second round, um, which was like in the February frame, And I, and I read applications, um, and I met people and I really loved it. And then in May though, of 2007, I sat down at my computer with my coffee to once again, see what was out there. And I read this press release announcing this collaboration between MIT faculty and Accenture. Where a group of MIT faculty were going to develop training materials for one of Accenture's growing workforces. It was called the Solutions Workforce. To be totally honest with you, I carry that press release in my briefcase to this day. Oh, wow. To me, I read that press release and I felt very strongly that this was my opportunity. And so what I did there was there was an Accenture partner who was mentioned in this press release. And I immediately reached out to him. I sent him an email. I sent him several emails. I never heard back. Um, One thing that's important to note is by this time, I was now using my personal email. And my personal email account is a little bit of a play on words of my name. And so it's Donald Duck, Donna L. Duck. At the time, it was to some like usamail.com. Now it's gmail.com. But what I later found out was, you know, the first three of them he ignored because he thought it was spam.
0: Okay, That's a great lesson.
1: Yeah, right. It is. You have to, every little thing, you know, makes somehow makes a difference. Eventually, I don't know if I like changed the subject line or whatnot, but I actually got a response and the response was actually also really interesting. And it said, Dear Donna, thank you so much for your interest. I think we have everything pretty well set here, but appreciate you looking into it. And what it made me realize was that um, the, the partner was thinking that I, as a former partner, wanted to come in and somehow help with the project, which certainly wasn't where my head was at that time. I mean, I had been out of work at that point for five years. I was looking to roll up my sleeves, help out in any way, get some connections, do volunteer work. It was certainly not to come in in some sort of partner capacity and take over the project. So I definitely had to. I, I once I realized that I made a slight adjustment and to where I asked, you know, I'm you know an alum in the area would love an introduction, and so he eventually made an introduction for me to the people on the MIT side who were running the project once again, and I remember this vividly, they were happy to meet with me. This was in the summer of 2007. But the second I walked into the door of the then executive director, she said, happy to meet you. Just want you to know up front, we've got this all handled. Not sure we need any more help on the Accenture project. To which which I now had heard that this was the second time. And I was quick to say, totally appreciate that. Just want you to understand at this point, I would love to help out. I'm happy to volunteer wherever it might make sense, and that totally changed the tone of the conversation. Hmm. Once she realized where I was coming from, really, and I, I, I mean, this was a while ago now, but I, these are there are some key points in this whole thing that I really remember, and that was definitely another one of them. So we chatted, we chatted for a while. Um, we had a good conversation, and something that came up was while well, they felt like perhaps they had the Accenture program under control. It was a new program that had just launched the year before, which at the time was called MAP, the Mid-Career Acceleration Program, which was targeted at men and women who were, had taken a career break and looking to get back into the workforce, and that it was a relatively young program. Perhaps I could volunteer and help out with that.
0: Wow. Amazing. Hold on one second, Donna. I just want to remind our listeners that you are listening to 321 I Relaunch, uh, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, your host, and I am speaking with Donna Levinson, the Assistant Dean of Admissions at MIT Sloan School of Management, about her incredible relaunch story, and we're right in the middle of it. So Donna, you were just saying that you uh, had mentioned you would be interested in volunteering um, for this new
1: program called MAP that they were uh, putting together. And so, and I remember, and they, so they said, sure, I'm going to connect you with the person who's running the program. She'll send you an email. This was in early August. She'll send you an email and you two can figure out where it makes the most sense for you to help out. I was ecstatic, and I remember taking myself out to lunch that day because, to me, that was like a really positive step in the right direction. That's awesome. This is early August. Then the month of August goes, and then, of course, every day I'm at my email, checking it to see where's my email. I got nothing. After Labor Labor Day, I decided to send the dear so-and-so, by the way, I just want to let you know that I continue to be interested in. Mm Mm-hmm to which I immediately received a response because here's my philosophy, timing is everything. You know, sometimes you just get so many emails, you don't reply to them all, but they were checking at that time where someone said, oh, I'm so sorry, I never responded to you. We're doing a debrief tomorrow with the first class. Would you like to come and listen? And I said, you bet. So I showed up the next day and they went around the table and everybody who had been in the program did some, they did some debrief. And no surprise, what came out of that was the challenge for each person to find the the appropriate internship. And some of it was around just being able to articulate the value of the program and what the program was. And so at the end of that day, and this was early September, I proposed that I put together a PowerPoint deck that would help next year's, the following year's group of students be able to hand something to potential employers about what the mid-career program was all about, the skills that they had built, et cetera. Well, they were ecstatic. And, and I made sure that I had a check-in every week so that I would physically show up on campus every week. This was the beginning of September. I did this for a few weeks. I show up the first week in October and the executive director said, so did you see the big news? And I said, what's that? And she said, the woman who was running the program is leaving, she's leaving MIT after 30 something years. She's moving back West and we've just posted a position. This was in early October, and this position was to run this mid-career program, the Accenture Relationship, and a third program, which enables people to take MIT classes for credit, but not towards working towards any kind of degree. So what did you do? Well, I was ecstatic. I applied. That's what I did. I went home and I applied for the job. And I started on November 12th of 2007 as a full-time employee at MIT. So I have just celebrated my 11-year anniversary at MIT. Uh, That is just one of the best return to work stories that
0: I've ever heard. I, I love everything about it. The career transition piece, the perseverance to the nth degree, Um, and just how you stayed connected and relevant and started as a volunteer. That's a, that's another incredible, incredible lesson for people and just kept showing up until, you know, you were in the right place at the right time.
1: So it gets a little better. I'll be quick. Um, No, 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 this is awesome. Keep going. So one thing though, that I did pretty quickly realize once I started this job was that ultimately I did really wanna end up at Sloan. So once I took this job, I then continued to be an application reader for the MBA program because that kept me, so this job was part of the School of Engineering. Um, but But I knew that eventually I felt like I wanted to be at Sloan. So I continued to read applications for the MBA program and stayed connected for another four plus years until there was some movement and admissions at Sloan that I was aware of because of you know reading. And so I felt like staying connected and reading gave me a bit of an edge there. Um, so that Four and a half years later, in uh, March of 2012, I moved from the, um, running these programs as part of professional education in the School of Engineering to actually becoming an associate director within admissions at Sloan. Initially, initially for the first year, I focused on one of the specialized master's programs, which is called the Master of Finance program. One year later, pretty much to the day in March of 2013, my responsibilities expanded and I became the director of admissions, um, responsible for all programs. And then this past July, I then became the overall co-lead of admissions. And I am now, as you mentioned early on, an assistant dean. Wow. Again, such a story of persistence. And when during that four and a half year
0: period when you were a continuing to be an application reader, um y- did you what, did you get to know a lot of the people um in the admissions department? and did you like did they know that you were interested in potentially moving to a role there, or you just kind of waited for the right moment to
1: apply? So I'm going to say I waited, but once I knew that there were a couple of positions open and I let them know, I think that they were very pleased because we had developed relationships over the years and I was a known commodity and I was an alum and it all sort of fit together really well. Right, right. Well, thank you for sharing that story. It's so
0: instructive uh, and there's just so much there. Can you talk to us about... um, we're, like looking back, like retrospectively from your vantage point now, um, would you have done anything different? I, I mean, would you feel like you could have sped up the process in some way or that it was actually better in a weird way that, that it took the time that it did? Like, what would you advise your yourself if you could do it all over
1: again? So I'm not sure. Knowing what I know, I I couldn't have sped up the process because part of what led to all this was the opening of positions and opportunities that were, you know, that I couldn't control the timing of them, but felt like I was in a really good place once they were available and that I took advantage. I think one big lesson learned, um, and I share this with anybody who asks, is for anybody who's looking to do a career transition, is for you to understand what those transferable skills are that you have. And don't assume that anybody else sees it the same way. I believe very strongly that all of the skills that I developed as a consultant, including my industry expertise, I use every single day on my job here to hopefully be successful in this job. So you mean your industry expertise in the utilities? Yep. 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 So the energy space, energy sector is huge here. Um, I just came back from a couple of weeks of interviewing candidates for the MBA program, and so many of them are interested in the energy space, utilities, renewable energy. And just being familiar with the industry and the nomenclature, that in itself is helpful. In addition to project management skills and relationship management skills and personal development skills, all of these things that I developed over the years as a consultant, I now use every day, again, on the job here.
0: Right. And when you that when you're coming off the first career break to take the first role at MIT, was was there any focus? I mean, you had eased yourself in by taking that volunteer role. Was it pretty smooth in terms of discussing the fact that you had been out of the paid workforce for five years? Was anyone hung up on that in any way or was there a way you talked about it that
1: just made it not as big of a deal? Yeah, so I, to be totally honest, I don't remember that specifically. What I do remember is number one, the the they had known me now for a couple of months, um, and number two, remember, part of the job description was to manage the Accenture relationship, and so one of one of the reasons why my predecessor left was because she was not a big fan of the conference calls and the spreadsheets, um, which were foreign to her, which were like was so familiar to me and it was like old home week to sit there on these calls. And so like, that was like, that was, I think, you know, something that really helped make me hopefully the obvious choice for the job, given my familiarity with both sides. Right. Of course you were,
0: you were the perfect candidate. Um, and then um, by the time you were segueing into the job at Sloan and admissions,
1: you weren't a relauncher anymore you had already been back at work for a number of years yeah right. four and a half years and again, all of the people in admissions making the decisions also knew me very well because I had been reading for them now for years right and so um
0: when you're at your job now go um, you know every day do you do you even think about the fact that you took a career break at one at one point or and does anyone at MIT even mention it ever,
1: or do you think they're even aware? So, um, I don't think, I don't think anybody here, I don't know if they're aware. I I don't think it matters. Um, again, I've now been back here for 11 years. Um, but I I do honestly, for me personally, every single day, I I appreciate the path that I took and the fact that this is where I am and this is where I want to be. And by the way, I also, you know, early on said that part of my vision was to become a more active alum, which I have also become. So that was important to me. And just being here every day has really made that a lot easier as well.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much, Donna, for sharing that very unusual and really exceptional story. Uh, There's so much for people to learn. Um, We are running out of time. And I wanted to end by asking you a question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your top piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today?
1: Yeah. So I think it's take every call, take every cup of coffee, every meeting, every opportunity to network. You just have no idea where they're going to lead. And it's piecing all of these together that have really, I think, helped me end up where I am. Right. That is so wise. Uh, and it, you
0: really never know. That That's the bottom line. It's, it's so interesting and such a, a consistently good advice in so many different situations. Uh, Donna, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I was wondering if you can tell us if People want to know uh, about any offerings at MIT Sloan that relaunchers should be aware of. How can they find out more about it?
1: So we do offer a very comprehensive set of executive education courses that are open to the general public. I think probably the best way would be to go on the MIT Sloan website, sloan.mit.edu. And on the top, you can click on Exec Ed, and then that will bring you to um, their set of web pages. And there's a whole host of courses, short, long, um, different subject matters with for people with different backgrounds.
0: Great, can you repeat that um, URL one more time? Because you said it really fast. I want to make sure people
1: hear it. Yeah, sorry, so it's sloan.mit.edu. Excellent.
0: Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Carol. It's been a pleasure yes for me too uh thanks so much and to our listeners you've been listening to 321 i relaunch the podcast where we discuss strategies advice and success stories about returning to work after a career break I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host for today. For more information about iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.